Hello and welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. I'm Cathy Love. I started life as an OT, had a, an amazing, crazy private practice which I sold. And what I do now is help allied health business owners create a business that serves them, the time, the money, the joy that they absolutely deserve. And this is where my idea for the podcast started. What I want to do is to capture how hard allied health business owners in Australia work to achieve their dreams, to support their teams, to create amazing outcomes for their clients. So sit back, beverage of joys, drive safely, walk carefully, however you're listening in, and I hope you absolutely enjoy Hello. Our guest today on the podcast is very, very close to home, so close to home that Ben Reich is one of the NACA Consulting team members. Welcome, Ben. G'day. How's it going? Good. Good, good, good. This is nice to be able to chat like uh, chat like this. It's a little bit different to what we usually get done. Yeah, a little bit less structured. Like this. No complaints. <laughs> no complaints. Good. I love an employee that's got no complaints, at least about this bit. Um, <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring you in for um, some shared conversation is that you've only started with us very recently, uh, but your undergraduate background is really, really interesting. And for that reason, we've put you out into a really specific project that is really close to all of our hearts. And um, I think it'd be good to, to share, some of, share some of that. Let's start with your role in at NACA Consulting. Um, you came in as the sort of a process project document officer. Tell us a little bit about what it, what that involves because it kind of sets the sets the scene. So, yeah, I started in, I think it was April, wasn't it? This is about four, four months ago now. Uh-huh. Um, I think so. I don't know. Memory slipped. Um, but my role in the uh, business is to document all the internal processes and, I guess, systems that make NACA run. Um, I guess the theory behind this is to improve efficiency um, as every employee will be able to do any particular task if required because they'll be able just to read the document which says this is how you do so-and-so um, without having to go backwards and forwards as one another and having to train everybody yeah. and yeah. I guess and it's, it's, saves it, that time. Yeah, and it's it sort of meant that we we have the systems there so that different humans can jump in and do different parts of the roles that have to get done. So if our podcast person is away, that someone can get in and follow the bouncing ball and produce a podcast episode um, as, a, as a good example. And, uh, you know, we've sort of changed providers. We've changed the humans who do the podcast, and that was a great learning for us because we realised some of our systems still had a few gaps in them. So we've been able to also review systems under your watchful eye and patch them up and improve them so that it's easier and easier for humans to step in and take over a role if they if they need to. So you've had a uh, an onboarding that um, with all things systemology and system hub. I've never actually asked you this, but what have you thought through all of that that system system hub process? 
it's a completely new way of writing things that I never would have thought of before. It's like you go you go in high school and there's one way of like structuring essays and how to do extended responses, and then you go to uni and then you get introduced to academic or academia and having to reference a whole bunch of different authors in your whatever essays and papers that you write. None of that teaches you how to write a system in a business. None of it. So That's coming towards a good thing actually. I suppose <laughs> would have made it would have made it a little bit less. Uh, oh no! Well, I was just a bit of a bit of a jump, really. First coming into here and having to write these systems, I sort of had a bit of a clue what I was doing before before mm. I started and during the onboarding process. But no, it's been a really um, insightful and fantastic learning experience to be able to understand how to really analytically write something um, in such a way that anyone can be able to understand it, no matter what their background is so yeah yeah and when we were recruiting we asked applicants to write a peanut butter and jam sandwich and your your process was the winning the winning one and I think right from the start we said that you would learn a whole lot of skills that were going to be differently useful both for us but also in your future careers as well so it sounds as though we're uh, living up to that and what's funny about that peanut butter, and jelly, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, pardon me, is that I'm allergic to nuts. So I previously had no clue on how to write, how to even just make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's something I've never done. So, and we laughed about that later because we, yeah, we did. Yeah, we didn't yep. know. We laughed about that later, and and maybe that was why you know what we saw from that exercise was the the humour and the attention to detail and the logical thinking and you know the really clear flow of how to of how to do it. So, um, yeah, look, we're look as you know we're big fans of systemology, and uh, when I first read that book a couple of years ago, uh, and we've had. Um, Dave um, Jennings, the CEO, in as a podcast guest a couple of months ago. I was just mind blown that there was that someone had figured out a system for writing systems. And this sounds like the most driest book in the history of the world, but it is literally a page turner for someone with a mechanical brain who knows the value of systems. Oh my gosh, I'll just keep reading. I'll just keep reading. It just got better and better and better. Um, and so for those listening, System Hub will reference that in the show notes. But part of what systems systemology offers is a hub to keep all of your systems. And that's the work that Ben does. All of the writing and documentation that Ben does ends up in Systems, systems Hub. Essentially, our library, isn't it really? It really is. Yeah. So, knowing what you know about systems, why do you think they're so important? That's a good question, actually. Keeps order, keeps structure, mm. um, and makes sure that everyone's in the loop um, because at the end of the day, knowledge is money. So, yeah. Yeah. As, as long as everyone knows what to do and don't really have the concern about. If an employee leaves, well, you're not you're not really losing all that knowledge with they leave. You still got fundamentally what the systems yep. are in yep. place. Yeah, and when people are in the team, it's helping ensure quality and consistency as as well. That there's not yep. too much rogue stuff going on. Mind you, we yeah, get exactly. a fair bit of that from time to time as well, which is all part of it. All good fun. All good fun. Now, your and so people are probably wondering, my gosh, where on earth do you recruit a process documentation officer from? And so your, when we read your resume, we were intrigued by your undergraduate degree So, and, and what you're just in the process of finishing right now. Tell us a bit about what you're studying. 
So I study atmospheric science at Monash University, um, which is just a glorified way of saying meteorology. Um, I started back in 2019 and um, through the last couple of years with COVID um, and the difficulties that's uh, brought up, um, ended up extending my degree by a year. So I'll be finishing at the end of this year. Um, atmospheric science is just focused about how the weather works fundamentally um, and all the processes funnily enough um and uh, not funnily enough totally yeah. obviously <laughs> yeah. yeah um but yeah all like or how like all the processes of like how it just can be on the scale of like how a raindrop forms um to how you know large-scale thunderstorms roll over on a hot summer's day when a cold front comes over um i've always been fascinated by the weather ever since i was a little kid me and dad would go outside and do rain dances when a storm would come over to throw an egg at them and run inside after getting absolutely saturated when it just poured down oh um, your dancing worked yeah Midas touch um uh yeah and i used to watch um shows about going storm chasing which is something that i want to do mm. badly in america um sometime in the near future yeah um I didn't even realise before I went to uni that you could even study that at uni as part of a science degree. Um, and I saw it popped up when I was looking through the list of majors and I'm like, you know what? I think that's the degree for me. And it's proven to be one of the best experiences of my life, really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely wonderful. And when we first met in um, something resembling an, an interview, there may have been coffee and bagels involved from memory, was it wasn't long before you were showing me a maps, maps of Australia about Australia's climate now and then Australia's climate in what? 20 or 30 years or something, something yeah, really, really Yeah, something like that, soon. yeah. And so we were talking about climate and climate change uh, pretty, pretty quickly do you remember that bit yeah i do i still remember the image it's on my phone it's one of yeah. my it's, it's it's a really good image to show to people um of just showing how significant the changes in the climate will be if we keep on going on the same track as we are at the moment so yeah um, so with this in the back of my mind a couple of months ago on earth day um we hatched this plan and we pitched it to Ben who replied with the speed of lightning that, yes, I will do this. And this project was about how Nature Consulting can shift towards becoming carbon neutral. Um, you reckon this is a good idea, Ben? Fantastic idea. Everyone should be doing it. It's um, the most important issue that we as a species face um, and everyone needs to be on deck to tackle it no matter how small their contribution might be something is better than nothing um and when i heard that this was a project that was in the was in the works at NACA, i was like yep i definitely have to get my hands on that yep kick it to me kick it to me kick exactly. it to me kick it to me so we sort of floated it with the well we well, well we we floated it with the team, but it was just pretty instant communication. Yes, count me in, count me in, count me in. And um, the whole team came on board very, very quickly. And I guess when we are talking about team, we have employees and we have contractors and they're in Australia and they're offshore and so on and so forth. So we manage a, um, a remote team of humans of all shapes and sizes uh, and varieties, which is absolutely amazing. So maybe take us right back to the start, Ben. Where did you kind of start to get this project into, into shape? 
Oh, what was the first thing I did? I think I went, oh, my God, I'm actually doing something like this for once. Um, and then <laughs> – You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then I think it was just – the first thing was just to do a bit of research on the internet um, on how similar businesses have structured a project like this in the past. Mm. Um, a lot of – a lot of the university content that I've done is focused on the theory behind climate change and how, you know, how how it happens and all the, and those sort of processes. Not necessarily how to mitigate it in a business, especially a business that's remote. Um, so the internet is a fantastic resource um, for anything to do with how to you know, shift your business towards carbon neutrality. Um, the government also has actually had some really interesting resources mm. um, on what the sort of like the main steps on how to shift to become carbon neutral were. Um, and they had the nice you know, diagrams and flow charts um, on what that process is. And the first thing to do is to audit your emissions and to sort of understand, to get a grasp on what you're tackling with. Because um, it's pretty difficult to implement a policy on how you need to you need to reduce your emissions by this much in this area if you don't know what your baseline emissions are. Um, so I asked the team using the carbon neutral carbon calculator, which is a resource I got to thank Kathy for introducing me to the carbon neutral website because it's something I actually hadn't seen before. Well, I've got to thank Jason and the Clinico team. Because I'd been speaking with Jason about their adventure to go to progress to carbon neutral just a week or two before we kind of bought it in-house. I've been thinking about this for a couple of years, but, yeah, the conversation with Jason was just great. So he was the one that linked us into um, carbonneutral.com.au. Um, so yeah, which is, again, fantastic resource. Um, and it has a cal- carbon calculator on it where you punch in all of your like day-to-day activities in a whole bunch of different fields. So how much electricity you use, how much gas you use, how much water, how much you drive, if you use public transport and whatnot. And that accumulates it all into a nice table um, and breaks it down and gives you your total, an estimate, a rough estimate of what your total emissions are for the year. So on the calculator, I struggled to fill it in because there were just things that I just didn't know and there were options that weren't there for the way for what we have in place did you hmm. did you just power through that and just you totally I found it a bit I found I, it I, I found it challenging as well because oh, good. yeah because, no, because nature is remote it changes I guess the scope of how these emissions are calculated because instead of we have you know you calculate what the emissions are for the central business for example like the office or the other factory mm, bricks and um, something stuff. like that Exactly. That makes it a hell of a lot easier to be able to calculate something like this. When you're remote, you're really focusing on what's, I think, considered scope three emissions. So that's outside of the business's hands, which yep. is every employee. Because yep. every employee lives in their own place. They have different sources mm-hmm. of energy. They eat different amounts of food. Some might go into an office to work for a day. Other people are just going to stay at home. So therefore, they've got no commuting. All these factors come into play, which actually make it quite challenging to be able to individually audit um, someone's emissions. And that's therefore a bit of a rough, it's more of a rough guess um, than a perfect pinpoint sort of But we set uh, some rules around, we sort of set some guardrails around it. I don't know about rules, but guardrails around it um, in terms of um, it's during your workday and based on a typical day and... yeah. 
so on and so forth. So if we continue to apply those same guardrails and yeah. keep the parameters of measurement as consistent as possible, we should be able to measure difference. Oh, 100%, 100%. Yeah. And you can you can gauge some rough estimates on what a regular day's use of electricity or gas um, mm. would be. Um, and then you just calculate that based on the amount of hours you work or the amount of days you work per week. Um, I'm sitting here feeling guilty because I've got every single light in the universe on in my room today, <laughs> and I know we've spoken about this. Um, that's nothing wrong with that as long as they're you know, energy-saving LEDs. Mm, um, I'll, um, I'll look into okay. this, Ben. I'll report that. <laughs> I'll report back. So we did the audit and we also, uh, we spoke quite a bit about this in our team meetings as well. Yep. To get those definitions and to get out the calculators and, yeah. Mm. And, yeah, I completely understand why people found it challenging because it is. It's one of those mm. things that it's something that you really probably have never considered before is what's my actual footprint doing these activities? Like even mm. just buying a pair of shoes for instance like you wouldn't think necessarily the amount of emissions that it released to be able to make those pair of shoes Mm. um so tracking your footprint yeah it's hard and then you sort of like i even realized when i was doing the audit i thought to myself my word like that is a lot higher than i would have thought it was ever been Mm. but that's because where i was living before i was having to drive like two hours a day Mm. um if i wanted to go if if i wanted to go wanted to go to uni so the irony of me studying, you know, an atmospheric science degree, but then, you know, polluting the environment by having to drive 150 kilometres a day. It's, yep. it's not lost on me, but... No. Um, <laughs> we'll move on with acknowledgement. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it's just realising that you, what you do has an impact, no matter how yeah. small or how big it is. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also then realising that there's a degree of inevitability that you are going to be releasing some emissions no matter what, and that actually comes back into play. Um, which yep. I think we'll discuss yep. a bit later yep. on. So where did you take uh, take the team from there once we'd done the audit bit? So once we'd done the audit, I asked the team to have a look online for different suppliers that we may not use um, who are also carbon neutral or attempting or on the path to becoming carbon mm. neutral. Um, so this can be stuff like, for instance, using different paper um, or a different energy supplier, um, or even yeah, any, anything like that, or even like an event venue, um, yep. if they yep. use renewable energy or not. Um, as well as in the process of contacting other people who we might partner with to see what their goals are um, with regards to their carbon neutral strategy. Mm, yeah. This is important for a few different reasons. What are your thoughts on on um, us as an organisation sharing where we're going with our partners. I think it's important. I think it's important um, to because it's a journey that everyone has to go through together, and it's important to, t- to let everyone know we're going on this journey. Are you going to come along with us? Instead of it being uh, a, f- a free for all where everyone's competing. I mean, I mean, in, in, in a sense, competition is good because it will push each other to achieve their goals faster but at the same time i believe more holistic approach needs to be taken one where we're all coming together to and putting our heads together to figure out how are we going to tackle this issue yeah. as a species rather yeah. than yeah. oh with the, we need to improve the bottom line or something like that obviously 
those factors come into play. Mm. But the humanitarian aspect is far beyond um, yep. any need- small competitive advantage. Because the way I look at it as is that a competitive advantage is not going to be useful if we're all dead. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yep, that's kind of just, yeah, that's putting it right there, Ben. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the other, uh, and so there is this collective now, this this collective energy, this collective action. I'm also really curious about the extent to which our various suppliers and partners are thinking about this. And if they're not yet thinking about it and they kind of get, the sense that, well, gosh, Naked Consulting are going carbon neutral and so is this organisation, so is that. Maybe we should be looking at this sooner rather than mm. later or maybe we should be looking at this because, oh, my gosh, we never have considered it. Mm. And so it's not that you're we're setting out to shame or rate or judge or anything like that. It's about, well, we're doing this. What are you doing? Mm. Um, and, you know, together can we achieve even even more? Um, with this, with, um, yeah, kind of, yeah, keeping the planet as healthy as, as possible. Running a business isn't just about setting up shop and becoming complacent. It's about showing up for ourselves and our clients with a commitment to continuous improvement. We have to be honest with ourselves about where we're at and where we're going. That means identifying strengths and weaknesses so we can improve. After all, if we're remaining stagnant, how can we scale and build the business and life of our dreams? That's where the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz comes in. We're not talking horoscopes and pulsopia. This questionnaire is the perfect starting point for you to begin identifying your strengths, needs, and blind spots as an allied health business owner. The process is simple. Answer the 14 questions and we'll send you a personalized report that includes actionable steps for you to start taking your business to the next level. Ready to take your business into your own hands? Take the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz today. So we, the team has had a look at products and suppliers that we now have some preferences for. And I think we've probably still got a bit more work to do on that. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can – it's one of those things that you could spend a year on and still have a comprehensive list because there are so many different facets and there are so many different suppliers and other companies popping up every day that are focusing on the sustainable side of things. Um mm. You raised a great point. We need to keep that on the agenda for every month. Yeah. Because now that our antennas are up, we're looking for products and suppliers uh, that we would have preference over now, over somebody else, um, some other. The paper is one example, but sort of energy and uh, event spaces and forms of transport and so on and so forth. All righty. So we've looked at that and we're sort of at the point of messaging out to partners and people that we work we work with um, in terms of what we're up to and what they're up to. That's a next step that I think is slated. What can you tell us about carbon offsetting? So carbon offsetting is the process of compensating for carbon dioxide emissions or other emissions as well um, through investing in projects aimed at reducing equivalent amount of your emissions made elsewhere. So this is like investing in humanitarian projects um, in more poor remote country, poor or remote countries. Sorry, um, who may not have access or may not have easily have access 
to be able to produce clean energy facilities, um, such like a wind farm or solar farms and stuff like that. Um, and there can also be other projects. Yeah, exactly. Projects, Re- yeah. yeah, reforestation is another one. Um, it's virtually impossible to get your personal emissions down to zero because fundamentally, as human beings, we emit carbon dioxide. Yeah, every it's just breath, really. The, every <laughs> breath, yeah. Um, so basically, the, the aim is to reduce your emissions as much as you possibly can and then you offset the rest. Mm. And that's how you fundamentally get the net zero. Um, you can either make the decision as we decided. Um, you can either choose to offset an employee's entire em- emissions. That's everything they do for an entire year or just in the scope of doing work hours. Um, again, that's one of the challenges of it being of us being a remote business is deciding when what is the scope that or what is the extent that we feel is necessary to mm. go to. Um, do you think we've got it right or should we do more? I'm still in the process of constructing the formal policy. Yeah. Um, I'm still humming and hiring on what is the most appropriate because I think the thing is, well, you've got to make it feasible enough that it's actually, you know, you can actually achieve the goals that you set. Um, for example, one of the, the key things that popped into mind was um, shifting to renewable energy. If you had a physical bricks and mortar office, that would be a lot easier because you could just stick a whole yep. bunch of solar panels up on the roof. Yeah. Um, and you, because you own, or you either you rent or you own a bricks and mortar place, so you have the solar panels, so you're not really risking that investment. It's a bit different when everyone works in different places. It's is it financially viable to be able to stick a whole bunch of solar panels on every employee's roof? Like, or is that something that you're just going to have to accept that that is something that is beyond the scope mm, of what yeah. we can, of what we yeah. the business can achieve? That's and that is where the offsetting would come into place. Yeah. Um, so there's a piece in there. And we've sort of talked around this. We may not have got to the bottom of it yet. And that's about personal responsibility. So personal responsibility as a human on the planet and in this case as a contractor or employee with NACA Consulting. And that sits with or within what NACA Consulting will do to offset its carbon footprint as well. So perhaps I'm just thinking now... um, we probably need to kind of speak to that a little bit more across our team meetings hmm. as well. Just, just understanding that it's a bit like just, the, just working remote in general. Like it's fundamentally mm. it's our responsibility to in, to you know, work towards becoming carbon neutral as it is to start working or to make sure you do all your work on time working yep. remotely. Um, I, I truly believe that sustainability should be part of a company's ethos and part of their values and it should really embody how they move forward in all the steps and what they take um, with, you know, with future goals and other objectives. Um, it's a real one of those fundamental underpinnings that sort of drives which direction that you go. Yeah. Um, and I know in the past with you know previous humanitarian as, um, the aspects of NACA with B1G1 and I thought well, what a great opportunity to tie that in um, with this carbon neutral yeah. plan because yeah. it's fundamentally the same the same idea but just with a different um, I guess scope in mind. Yeah. With the carbon offsetting, uh, I think I said this in the team meeting the other day. I don't for a moment want to buy our way out of personal responsibility. Yeah, and uh, and I think that's these are conversations we've got ahead of us as a team. 
because I guess you could do that. And Ben the cynic is probably well aware of the fact that we can just flip money around the planet and sort of feel as though we've bought ourselves carbon neutrality yeah. without the what I believe is the necessary ethical and behavioural changes that we should be making alongside of it. So in your uh, interwebbing, you found a, have you found a fair few platforms that will process those carbon offsets that you pay yeah, to? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, there's stacks yeah, of them. There's so many. Yeah. Like, for example, the carbon, carbonneutral.com.au has a whole bunch of different projects um, with various different scopes. So they can range from about $15 to $40 per tonne of carbon dioxide, yeah. um, depending yeah. on what project that you want to do. Um, B1G1 also have an employee, or they call the employee offset carbon bundle. Um, the amount that is actually offset varies based on the region that you're located in. Um, the, they estimate that, um, and the amount of carbon a person will um, release bases is based on the region. So someone um, in North America might release more carbon dioxide per year yeah. than someone in Oceania. Um, so that, that affects the cost. Uh, in Oceania, it's about one, just a bit over a ton a month um, is what a what the average person will emit. Mm. Um, into the atmosphere, um, and this, but this includes all activities, um, not just work hours. Um, so what I did was I calculated, okay, what is our total footprint, um, and then I divided that by how, well, sort of roughly estimated how many of those offset bundles you'd have to purchase to be, to ca- to counter the emissions that would, would be released for the year. Yeah, um, yeah. which is one way you can do it. it. It's not as viable again because we only have so many we only have you know we don't have like a, a million employees working for us or something mm. like that it's we're not like on a scale of Woolworths for example oh, thank goodness it makes a yeah <laughs> it makes it a lot easier to do that sort of method to offset your yeah. emissions yeah. Um, yeah yeah the B1G1 was um, a very pleasant surprise because where I had some caution was, oh, my gosh, we're going to start a partnership with somebody else or with another agency. And we've been supporters of B1G1 for years and years and years now. And it was so cool to see that they had this this option ready, ready to go. Um, so from what you know about the B1G1 offsets and the employee offset carbon bundle, you reckon we're going to go with this? We're going to go this way, at least for starters? I reckon to start off with it would be the the – I reckon it'd be the most viable approach to go through. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's all, there's a bunch of different options. It depends on what a company we decide is the most, or what we feel is right, mm. um, and what and what projects that we feel are going to impact. Well, maybe not impact. I guess the, like the region where they're like the offsetting project is, um, but just what we feel is right. So it's it's mm. fundamentally it's a personal choice because any offsetting project will fundamentally offset your emissions. Um, but you've got to make sure that it's, yeah, something that not only the company as a whole likes, um, but also something that you, you definitely would think will make an impact, a, yep. a long-lasting yep. impact. Yeah. Um, yeah. But well, I reckon uh, to, to begin with, the B1G1 thing looks looks, yeah, looks good. Like a, like looks a really good. good, like a really good cause. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do. They look great. I took a, I took a look the other night, the other night. So we've been kind of working very steadily at this really for a couple of months now in terms of the idea is now hitting the road. What do you think our next steps are? I think our next steps would be, I think firstly to 
I continue auditing, but on a more on like a higher on a higher level. Look at what our actual emissions are by like you know, trawling through like different like electricity statements and stuff like that, just so we can actually understand. Mm. Um, and I guess would be to. Well, for me at least, would be to continue working on this policy and the statement um, for what our vision is going forward. Because um, it might be, because it's nice and all to have the idea that we want to become carbon neutral and we, you know, we, it, we believe it's important for, you know, personal responsibility on reducing our emissions, but how are we going to do that? What are the targets? What are the benchmarks that we want to achieve? And how are we going to be able to ensure that we know that we've achieved them? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that is the most important step moving forward. And that will ensure that we don't get complacent around this either. If it's a every week um, or every fortnight uh, line on our agenda, then we'll be checking in with actions we have may, maybe taken personal, personal responsibility for, but we'll also need to be accountable to you as project lead on this. Uh, and so, you know, we'll see a flurry of activity in those minutes before the meeting as we're all reporting up on what we have and haven't quite done. Um, but I think you've got a, a really interesting role here now within our team um, to hold us to account to the commitments that we've made to ourselves and to the planet and to the, the organisation as a, as a whole. So I, I think there's good fun times ahead for you on this, Ben. I think the most important thing as well is that it's not easy doing it's not easy to become more sustainable it's not easy mm-hmm. you might think that it's you know quite there's a couple of quick fixes but long term you know, long term strategies and things like that and what you can do on a personal level is actually quite hard so I think it's really important you know to make sure that you're still easy on yourself you know because it's still a learning process for everyone myself mm-hmm. included mm-hmm. on what the best road to take is um and again, even if it's just changing your bin liners to one that is compostable, something like that is still making a difference. And that is what's fundamentally the most important. That's probably exactly where you need to lead us, Ben, is to get a commitment from each of us about something we're going to do between now and the next meeting. Yeah. You're up for it? Wrangling the sheep? I'm up. I'm up, I'm up for it. Wrangling the cats? <laughs> you got a pretty responsive uh, crew to work with here. But um, I think That's that fan- keeps yeah, us... Fant- Everyone's fantastic. Everyone's fantastic. Yeah, we're a very, very good crew. You're very awesome humans. Um, but I think getting this focus of, right, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to stop this, I'm going to not do that for the next month, whatever it is, I, I think that really really gets people thinking about their behaviour and having to report back into the rest of the team about how well they went with it. Hmm. And even having a conversation with either someone that you live with or one of your friends on what they are doing mm. to help. Yeah. Um, because the more people that know the significance of what's going to happen if we keep on going, how we're going, the better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There is only there is only so much that we can do individually. Um, yeah, that's that's another issue. Are we going to take to the streets, into. Ben? Are we? Uh, I've I've been on. I mean, I've well, been there I've before. Been on plenty I've, on climate marches. I'm up for the next yeah. one. Yeah, I've been there before as well. Um, again, that's that's a that's a whole other that's a whole other kettle of fish that I think is beyond the scope of what we're talking about today. Um, or not, or not. <laughs> we might have been at the same matches. Um, we might have been actually, um, but yeah, 
I think it's just ensuring that everyone knows we need to change. Otherwise, it's not going to be fun. Yeah, it's not. I'm going to put you on that spot. What would you like us? What would you like Naker to have achieved by the end of 2022? End of 2022. Mm, you've got six months. <sighs> it's only six months away. Sorry. Oh my god! It's, oh, it's July, news. isn't it? It's July, isn't it? Oh. It is all day. That means I've only got six months of uni left. Um, <laughs> that is another podcast, Ben. That is another episode. Is, <laughs> what would you, as project, as carbon neutral project lead, what do you want Naker Consulting to achieve to have achieved in the next six months? And like, just I, just call it out. Is don't hold back. Like a fifteen or twenty percent change in what supplies or what products that we use that have become sustainable, rather than what we're using at the moment. Okay, something as simple as that. But I think they're the really good goals to have because then we yeah. really know whether we have sent, you know, a quarterly email to our partners about our carbon neutral progress. Yeah. Whether we have we, reduced our personal emissions by 10%. Yeah, something like that. Um, or even just, you know, we're making sure that we're only using recycled paper, all our you know, workbooks, future workbooks and whatnot, they're all also using recycled paper and other supplies who are also using renewable energy and whatnot. Mm. Again, it, the most important thing is that it has to be viable. It, we cannot, you can't make a really lofty goal and then never realise you can't achieve it because it's not attainable and then you sit down, shrug your shoulders, go, oh, too hard and give up. That's the last thing you need to do when it comes to shifting towards carbon neutrality. It's, do, it's small things make a big difference. Yeah, yep, those daily habits. Yeah. Daily habits all uh, all have that multiple multiplying effect. Mm. I think we're off to a good start. Oh, we definitely are. And it's only gonna get it's only gonna keep on going. Now that the momentum shifted, it's just yep. keep yep. on going forward from here on out. Yeah, yeah. All righty, so you can have the talking stick for the last few minutes. Um I know on Earth Day I apologized in our in our um in our uh, Teams chat that my generation haven't done enough. Uh, well, they've created a lot of problems, but nor have they done enough to fix them for, um, you know, people coming along uh, younger than me. And, and um, yeah, so that stewardship for the planet, I truly believe is going into better hands um, in the future. So public apology on that front. We'll get it on the record. Um, what do you want to say? on climate change? I mean, fundamentally, it's real. It's mm. not a myth. Um, it's something that everyone should be concerned about. It should be at the forefront of everyone's minds that this is something that we as a species need to tackle. It's not political. It doesn't care on how you feel. It is, simply put, it is... A, th a thing that has been put into the atmosphere and the more of it traps more heat, that ain't good. Yeah, yeah. Especially when, like, you sit there and you go to uni and you, and you look at the models and, you you know, you do the work yourself and you want, and you can see firsthand you, that a really small permutation in the amount of carbon dioxide and other elements in the atmosphere makes a huge difference on such a large mm. scale. Um, I feel it's just getting the, getting the message out there that it's... I feel oddly optimistic at the moment with how seemingly the world is starting to take it a little bit more seriously, mm. that the world is starting to realise that we actually do need to 
work on this. Yeah. Again, I'm trying to I, – I, I try to restrain myself from pure optimism because it's something that you, you still see plenty of things on the news and whatnot that you feel a bit deflated, um, especially my heart goes out to all the people who've experienced, you know, experienced loss in the floods in New South Wales this year, yep. especially the ones that have just happened in the last week. Like Again. The, like the fourth, they're the Again. fourth time – the fourth time in the year, and it's yep. exactly it's like how many, you know, it's every, like a once in a hundred year flood. Is become, yeah, exactly. It's like how many a once, once in a hundred year, year floods can you have? <laughs> exactly, it's like a once in a hundred year flood should not be a once a month flood. Yeah. It shouldn't be happening like that at all, and that should be a wake up call that it's here. It's not mm. like it's 10, 20 years down the track and it just, you know, wake up one morning and you go outside and the sky's on fire. No, mm. it's the effects of climate change are here now and they're only going to get more and more dramatic and mm. more and more intense if we don't change our ways. And I think that's the fundamental message that if I can, if I die tomorrow, I will be happy knowing that I've tried my best. And I hope we just got to make sure that that doesn't happen. That you that doesn't happen tomorrow, and that you're still well, trying. I don't, I mean, yeah, many yeah, years, yeah. many years time. Obviously, I don't, obviously, I would like to wake up yes. tomorrow. I got a quite yeah. a good day tomorrow. Um, but <laughs> it's just yeah, it's happening. We need to change our ways, and I'm excited. I'm nervous if yeah. we don't, yeah. but I'm excited for what the future come. Yeah. yeah, what the future has in store because we. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, something yeah. where there could be a huge breakthrough. There could not mm. be. We don't know unless we keep trying and we keep fighting. And it, yeah, the the option of wait and see or, or wait for somebody else to take action is not an option. Yeah, it's not long. No, never no. was. Psst, mm. Never, never is. Mm. And that was honestly one of the reasons why I decided, because I, I was still hum, like you know, during my degree, I hummed and hard whether I wanted to be doing atmospheric science or to do something else. But then it sort of clicked on me that no. This is too important, and for, to mm. not you know, to push away. This is something that is deep and belongs, you know, deep in my heart, and I yeah. got to be able to do as much as I can personally to make a difference. Yeah, that for me is yeah, yeah, what keeps me what keeps me going. Beautiful, love that, love that. We are so lucky to have you and that passion in our team. <laughs> Couldn't think of a better person to lead this project and, you know, fair to say we've still got our L plates on, maybe our red peas, um, and we've got a lot of work to do individually and collectively as the NACA consulting team. But um, I think it's a great project for you to be leading with us and yeah. for us as a little organisation to create the ripple, to get other people thinking about exactly. it. So thank you exactly. so much for uh, yeah jumping into the jumping into the podcast. I know you've never done anything like this before, but um, never done it before in my life. Or maybe it was on a radio. I think it was on a radio call like once when I was ten. That's about the <laughs> closest. The that's or ever something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got told off because I was talking too much. So I mean, that's probably not a good start. But <laughs> oh, perfect. That's exactly what you want. So I I think there's an opportunity here for us to um, be accountable to those that are listening to the podcast as well and to bring some updates from time to time as well, particularly some updates in six months' time when we're deeper into it and our commitment is even more wholehearted than it is now. I think it would be really cool to be able to report back in on what we've achieved. Yep, 100%. Yeah. All righty. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. See ya. See you around. Sure will. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For the show notes and other resources, our webinar replays, they're all available over on naker.com.au. And if you're loving what you're listening to, please subscribe. We don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And if you want others to get the same benefit that you've had from listening into these episodes, please share this episode and any of the others forward to any of your other allied health business colleagues. And we are totally here for you. Don't forget for a moment that you can jump on in and book that power call and uh, we can see how we can help you get the best of business done. Looking forward to seeing you there.